Welcome to Airwaves, the official podcast of the Naval Air Systems Command. I'm your host, Michael Lauren Prue. We have a very exciting episode for you today. We are joined by the three senior leaders of the Naval Aviation Enterprise to talk about the Naval Sustainment System Aviation. NSSA was initiated by the Naval Aviation Enterprise in 2018. It's the way the enterprise does business better. It's a partnership between all of the elements of naval aviation that leverages industry best practices to improve availability and speed of capability delivery at a cost we can afford. This data-driven process ensures naval aviation forces have the ready aircraft they need to train, fight, and win. Readiness targets have been achieved in FA-18EF Super Hornets, EA-18G Growlers, E2D Hawkeyes, P8 Poseidons, and the V-22 Osprey Navy and Marine Corps variants. Beyond that, the H-60 community has unofficially adopted NSSA practices ahead of a formal rollout, showcasing the culture change at the heart of the system. The NAE will eventually establish data-driven aircraft readiness targets for all naval aircraft. And now it is my honor and privilege to welcome to the show Naval Aviation Enterprise Leadership, Vice Admiral Kenneth Weitzel, Commander, Naval Air Forces, Lieutenant General Mark Wise, Deputy Commandant for Aviation, Headquarters, Marine Corps, and Vice Admiral Carl Chevy, Commander, Naval Air Systems Command. Thank you all for joining us. Thanks, Michael. So as we begin our conversation today, I'd like for each of you to tell me a bit more about your role as part of the Naval Aviation Enterprise. Okay. I guess I'll start with uh, that side. So as the the ninth Air Boss, I'm following behind uh, a process that was started about two years ago with uh, Vice Admiral uh, Bullet Miller as the Air Boss, where the Vice Chief started a Naval Sustainment System Aviation, performed a plan, and he put a governance structure in where the, uh, the Air Boss was the accountable individual for NSSA performed a plan side of the house. So my responsibility here is to is to make sure that the efforts across the pillars, the efforts across naval aviation, which includes as a strong partner, General Wise, and the sustainment and the platform holistic behavior with Admiral Chevy at Nav Air Syscom to make sure that we are working towards a common goals as set up through this this true culture change that has hit the naval aviation enterprise over the uh, the last year. So it is a C2 leadership role. It is an accountability role. It is to ensure that priorities are set. The data that we have is driving us into, uh, into what has been over the last two years, a mission capability rate set by Secretary of Defense Mattis two years ago. So I look at that as my primary role. So I'll go off mic uh, after that. Thank you, Admiral. General Wise, would you like to go next? I would love to. First, I uh, I want to piggyback quite a bit on what the Air Boss just said, because the partnership is truly what brings the power to the uh, Naval Aviation Enterprise. The partnership between the Commander Naval Air Forces, between NAVAIR, and between DCA really brings home the things we can accomplish when you put all of that momentum in one place, moving in one direction. This is about all of us doing our part in moving the institutions forward in order to create an increased level of readiness. Because in the end, that material readiness that we're pushing for also equals a training readiness in all the things that we need to be a war fighting capable force in order to move towards a future. So I can't overstress enough the importance of the partnership in moving it forward. And I think what we've seen, and I know we'll get into this a little bit later, is some 
amazing highs that you can accomplish when everyone's pulling in the same direction. And finally, Admiral Chebby, tell us about your role as part of the Naval Aviation Enterprise. First of all, I echo both the comments from the Air Boss and from DCA. The partnership is instrumental to our success moving forward. We focus a lot of that at NAVAIR, partnerships across PMs, PEOs, CISCOM, services with industry so we can deliver the integrated warfighting capability. So I'll echo their comments on the partnership. From NAVAIR's perspective, I, I look at us as we are in the business of naval aviation, responsible for the development, integration, testing, fielding, and sustainment of the warfighting capability that the fleet needs to win and delivering that capability at a cost we can afford. So that's the NAVAIR part, delivering, procuring, testing, developing uh, the warfighting capability. So Airboss, in your words, what is Naval Sustainment System Aviation? Yeah, for us, it is a complete culture change in how we do business across naval aviation enterprise. And I use that word because culture is, you know, kind of a tough word to show. It's a catch-all word, but it's one of those where it truly is a culture change, where we have gone back and looked through critical self-assessment, look at our procedures across the pillars that have been established, the data analytics that drive our actions so that ultimately those actions deliver outcomes. And those outcomes can be, as we label them from driver trees and North Stars, what is the most effective as we generate forces and our role to generate forces and then transition those forces into force employment for the fleet commanders and the geographic component commanders. In the past, we've had difficulty in that force development and force generation. And we've been just doing an incredible amount of work just to maintain a minimum capability and capacity. Even though we've had sufficient forces, we've had sufficient inputs, and we've had sufficient platforms, we've just not been able to deliver without an incredible amount of work to do that. This is a complete culture change in how we look at how we do business and how we deliver capability and capacity at a cost-efficient manner so that not only the warfighters, but also the taxpayers are getting a, a return on investment in warfighting as well as in a monetary value also. And Admiral Chebby, how does Nav Air play into NSSA? If I can just kind of go back to and just kind of highlight some of the points that Airboss made there. He talked about the culture change. We sent out an, a new note to NAVAIR, the comp scene this morning, about thinking differently about the problem. If I look back, if I really peel back NSSA down to its bare bones aspects of it, it's about understanding where you are today, where you want to go in the future, uh, what levers you can pull, how are you going to coordinate those efforts, and how are you going to measure yourself? How are you going to keep score so that you're no kidding, you're tracking towards an outcome you're getting after? Whether it's saving for college or getting more MC aircraft, it's, it's a similar process, but it's a different way of looking at the problem set. So I just want to echo that from the NSSA uh, discussion. From our perspective, the three focus areas we have are speed of capability delivery, affordability, and availability. So from an NSSA, from an availability perspective, FRC reform, what are we doing to get more efficiently in the repairing our components and getting them back out to the fleet? Uh, what are we doing from uh, our maintenance procedures? What are we doing from our reliability of our platform? So there's multiple different aspects that the, the NAVAIR team is going after in support of one or a couple of these levers from NSSA. And General Wise, from the Marine Corps perspective, tell us how DCA plays into NSSA. Well, I would say because NSSA is evolving at a fairly rapid rate in the way it goes after solving problems, I would say in that respect, we're, we're newer to the game. We're not new to the game because 
back to the partnership. The partnership from the very beginning as this has taken shape has been absolutely superb. I mean, we talk regularly, probably more than any three leadership in, in the NAE history that I'm aware of. We talk very regularly. And I, I think in the end, if I were to put it into very simple terms, it is about leveraging everyone's expertise and everyone's insight to produce an outcome. Each entity within NSSA, whether it be NAVAIR, whether it be NAVSUP, DLA, they all hold a piece to that readiness. And it's not just about giving, giving things to somebody. It's about everyone pulling their weight towards a common goal because everyone does play a role in that outcome. And that outcome should be with the taxpayer's dollar in mind. It should be being a good steward of the taxpayer's dollar to do it the most effective, effectively and efficiently we can. And that's what I've seen. We started with the MB22 for us and we'll be moving to new platforms from there. But the partnership so far and what we've been able to accomplish in a very short time has been extraordinary. So you've all shared great information on how we are learning to do our business better, to deliver capability at a cost we can afford. But when it comes to NSSA, what really initiated it? Admiral Weitzel, what problem were we trying to solve? Yeah, the initiation began with, with Secretary of Defense Mattis. When he looked at the uh, mission capability rates across uh, the joint force, the fighter force, and he, uh, he had a call to action that he wanted an 80% MC rate. That MC rate then drove some courageous behavior by uh, Secretary of the Navy Spencer, who was able to go out and from his industry background was able to do some benchmarking and understanding that for us with about 585 Super Hornets in our inventory, uh, we were only able to maintain at about 250 to 255 at a time, less than a 50% mission capability rate. And when we started to understand our self-speak, we started to understand across our supply, our operational, our fleet readiness centers, across our governance structure, that our self-talk, when we talked amongst in our own pillars, we were green and we were performing at incredible levels in our individual pillars. But when you put the pillar together, which had never been done before, combine them and you came to a common goal, the individual actions did not revert to outcomes and did not revert to the to what we now call North Stars and what General Mattis called a mission capability rate across an individual type model series. And that's how NSSA performed a plan, P2P. That's how the, the, that was the genesis, as well as because of SecDef's work and Secretary Spencer's you know, knowledge about what goes on at an industry, we were able to bring in a, a high-level aircraft consulting firm in that understood how things are done out in the civilian world and how they might play over into the military side. And we went in with an open mind. And sure enough, we found areas that, uh, that truly were, was self-talk and were able to, with courage, were able to go in and make some significant changes to where we are on a, uh, again, a culture change and a glide path now that uh, requires work, but it is a good glide path now to, to give capability where we need in this strategic environment that we're in now. Good question. For my next question, I'd like to go around the room to hear from each of your perspectives. How did NSSA change the way we do business? 
What did we do differently? Our boss? Yeah, there was a couple things that uh, the vice chief who, who started this is able to tout. You know, we've had a 40% change in process only has allowed us to go from 250 to 360 is our new mission capability rate and 86 uh, numbers in mission capability for growlers. The process change allowed 40%, which was 40% change in effectiveness. And for us, it was a the Maritime Operations Center aircraft on ground concept that allowed that collective communication across the pillars to understand how the pillars interact. And it was a daily meeting. It seemed simple. It was a daily phone call every day, as well as how we do scheduled maintenance at the operational level within our squadrons. Those two events alone allowed for a, an increase of 40%, a process change. And those affected me directly as the, uh, as the Air Force's person. And I'll let uh, General Wise and uh, Admiral Chevy talk about areas that they've jumped on with NSS that have enabled their uh, stratospheric jump also. Appreciate it, Air Boss. And I'd love to jump on that one. I think it comes down to a word to a large degree, and that is accountability. Because if you think about it, where where we were before, it wasn't that people weren't accountable, but there was kind of this very generalized goal. I want to achieve X percentage of readiness, but it really didn't pin the rows on any particular individual. What NSSA did in this instantiation, I think, is it really made everyone have an accountability piece that was very specific and very clear as to what their role was in building this readiness. And I think sometimes that can make people a little bit nervous. They get nervous because they are responsible for a specific outcome. But I think once they see this process in place, they quickly begin to get the idea that this is about holding each other accountable to the overall institution's readiness and the material readiness that leads again to the uh, other readiness factors. So I think it's a really healthy thing. It's healthy because we each have specific goals. And if we're unable to achieve them, this is not about beating anybody up. It's about going to the right responsible entity to bring them on board to achieve that goal and to break those barriers free so we can get to very specified outcomes. And I think that is probably the single biggest thing that I've seen and the most impressive thing that I've seen. And when people start to grab hold of that particular issue, that's when it really starts to take off. And I think you've seen that across several type model series. I think one of the key aspects I would like to kind of convey is I am, uh, you've heard me say this, I am a much better PM as an 09 than I ever was as an 06. I usually bring that up as an example as uh, I have learned, whether it's been in acquisition and leadership, whatever, I have learned and tried to improve year over year over year as I've gone into different different jobs here. And a major aspect of this journey has been the learning of the organization, to think differently about the problem, to take the time to baseline ourselves against best in class, to hit, no kidding, have the, the hard truth hit, hit us because for a long time, I think, and look, I was the vice commander here. I was I was at the meetings when we all thought we were doing well, but yet we weren't moving the needle. So for us to kind of take a step back, understand kind of what best in class looks like, compare that to where we were, baseline ourselves, and then understand kind of what leverage we need to pull in a coordinated fashion, I think that's the big learning. And we see this, you know, we have a lot of platforms that are in, in NSS. We have some platforms that are not yet. P8, E2, F18, V22, C130. The learning is going on. I think that's the biggest thing that I want to convey here. It's that learning that was just instrumental to, to our cultural change moving forward. 
Yeah, learning is such a key part to improvement. So let's talk about our successes to date. Admiral Whitesell, what have we accomplished? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, last year for uh, 2021, the most important thing that we accomplished was that learning translated across the force so that we set mission capability aircraft requirements. And we have North Stars across every type model series to include our Marine Corps partners with MV-22 now. Those North Stars now give everyone from the most junior sailor to the most senior person in the enterprise, they give us a call to action and they give us a defined area to, to march towards when it comes to our maintenance our operational goals, and our readiness goals. That was the most important thing that we got established last year for 2021. But you know, while that was a goal, the fundamental process on how we go about to achieve those goals was the second part. Admiral Chevy's comment about the learning piece, General Wise's comments about the safety piece, the psychological safety. There is no, There are no personal attacks here. This is a relentless attack on the process and how we think about doing our business and the five whys of questioning why we do things that we're doing now and trying to improve. That is what I look back on 2021 on accomplishment and the ski jump for momentum that it's given us here into 2022. Michael, uh, from my perspective on the Marine Corps side of the house, you know, I, I think because most people realize that there's a slightly different structure between the Navy and the Marine Corps, the way our command structure is laid out, which creates some, some challenges when we try to align processes that flow along those command lines. And so I think the important thing that we accomplished over the last year was to help everyone and make this more than just a Navy system going after Navy type model series to a naval system going after all type model series, because we all have an interest in this readiness, especially as a nation. But as we did that, what it allowed us to do was to really kind of hone it so that it worked for both systems equally well. And I think we've seen that because we have established that North Star for the V-22 already. And already on three days, we've exceeded that North Star, which every everyone to a man and woman said we would not be able to do within the first six to eight months, and we did it in four. So when you start looking at what can be accomplished when people start understanding the power of this, and you start aligning it and tweaking it to make sure it works the best for all the entities involved, you really see the power come together. And you've, you've seen it in very definable ways and very definable metric outcomes. So I was impressed when I first saw it. I'm even doubly and triply impressed now. Hey, Michael, I'll, I'll jump in. We just came back from Infosys a couple weeks ago, and it was a, a couple of days worth of discussion on get real, get better. And, and during that, that, that symposium, I stood up and made the comment that how NAVAIR interprets get real, get better will be different than how DCA does, different how Air Forces does, different how a fleet guy, different how a supply guy does. But we kind of all understand the concepts. So the learning that I have and kind of the achievements of 341, so establishing that North Star target, taking that process, uh, that thought process and how we look at the problem and applying it to the FRCs, applying it to the NOCs, applying it to how we do contracting, allows us to think about the problem differently. And that's, that's the most powerful thing for me. We talk about an availability from MCFMC. We've seen tremendous improvements there. There's cost aspects here. There's speed of capability. There's multiple different applications of this concept. Uh, that's what I'm excited for in the future. 
All right, so we've talked about changing the business and changing our process. Let's talk about behaviors. What behaviors contributed to our success? I think before behaviors that contribute to our success, you have to talk about the behaviors that contribute to sliding backwards or failure. For me, it's the, the business as usual. We are all creatures of habit on how we've grown up over uh, 30 plus years in the service. And this process and this culture change requires a healthy amount of skepticism that needs to go in so that you have a questioning attitude uh, when you go in to, to solve a problem, whatever level of problem that you go at, whether it's mission capability rates for aircraft, this applies, as Admiral Chevy said, from his nav air, from contract writing, every piece of business that we do can equally fall into this process. And the way we evaluate those falls into this. The most important piece, at least for me on, on the, the pillars that I've got direct influence over, the most important piece is how that the subordinate levels come in and I can understand how they're thinking about the process and have they incorporated this culture change and how they bring new problems. If they're thinking about it and they're trying to solve it according to the naval sustainment P2P side or the get real, get better, as we've expanded this to the chief of naval operations level, if they bring the problem and dissect it at that level, then we've made our point and the culture has started to shift. I think the most significant behavior that it's changed really goes along the lines the air boss was talking about, and I might state it in slightly in a slightly different way, is that a lot of the initial reaction I got when we started talking about NSSA within Marine Corps channels, and I won't pin it to any specific individuals because I think we've all heard this before, and that is, hey, we're okay. Our unit's doing fine. We don't need this. And so the immediate response to something like that is, hey, your unit probably is doing really well, but someday you won't be the commander. It will be somebody else. We won't be here. It'll be somebody else. Those things always cycle. So until we realize that this is about having a standard set of expectations and a standard set of behaviors that we can all rely on so that we can all get equal benefit from a system that's got an incredible amount of power behind it, that's when you really start to notice and really leverage the power, is you have to standardize it across the entire fleet. And I think that has been the most powerful behavior change that I've seen through this process. All right, Michael, I'll finish up. Uh, start with the fleet, focus on outcomes that matter to the warfighter. You may have heard that before. Challenge the game, be bold, challenge assumptions, innovate, learn and improve, another behavior. Strengthen partnerships. You've heard that a couple of times today. Be data-driven. Understand what the data is telling you. Baseline yourself. Get real. Understanding what your current baseline is. Get better. Figure out the plan to get better. Measure outcomes that matter to the warfighter. Raise issues quickly. So these are there's multiple behaviors here that we're trying to reinforce. And again, across what we're doing from an availability perspective, an affordability perspective, speed of capability delivery, training, it'll, it'll apply to all the all facets here. And with that, we're going to wrap up part one of our two-part series on NSSA. Join us next time as we break down the seven pillars of the Naval Sustainment System Aviation. We'll talk about what it means to get real and get better, and how you, no matter where you sit within the enterprise, can apply the behaviors we just talked about to improve every day. Airboss, Admiral Chevy, General Wise, 
Thank you for joining us today. I look forward to our continued discussion. And that's it for this edition of Airwaves. Thanks for listening. Thank you.